On today's show, we'll discuss what happened in Houston. <laughs> we'll go through both games. We'll talk about what worked, not much, and what didn't, a lot. And there was a quote after the game that kind of bugged me, and it should bug you as well. Plus, we'll preview the series against the Orioles, all next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees. Your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the like button and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. Also feel free to comment. Some of you have your thoughts about who the Yankees should trade for. And I appreciate all of those comments because that means you were listening to the show. So thank you for that. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. There's no sugarcoating it. Yesterday was a disaster. It was a disaster. My goodness. Now, okay. The way they lost the first game was frustrating, but it's Jordan Montgomery. And for some reason, the Yankees cannot score when this guy pitches. They've been doing this to him for two seasons now. And I joked on a show maybe like a month ago that he should wear a disguise when he's on the mound and maybe they'll score for him. Maybe he should wear a mustache. Maybe they can pretend that he's Nestor Cortez or something because... And I know that there are guys every year, and it feels like a lot of teams have that one guy that the offense just doesn't score for, and it's Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees the last two seasons. I even joked that they should call him Jacob Montgomery because of uh, Jacob deGrom. How many years ago was that now? Four years ago? Which year was it where the Mets just could not win or would wait until he was out of the game to score, or he would hold a team down, do really, really well, then the bullpen would come in and blow it for him. And, you know, it was a year that he could have had, you know, like 25 or 30 wins because he was just so dominant, but the team screwed it up for him. <laughs> so, yeah, Jordan Montgomery did fine in his game yesterday. Uh, actually, there were some instances where he looked really good and really dominant, and... It's just frustrating to see the Yankees' offense not do anything. And then they do something in the top of the ninth to tie the game and then immediately lose the game in the bottom of the ninth. Michael King was so close to getting out of it. What a bummer. What an absolute bummer. <laughs> because I've talked about this. I usually get a feeling in my gut when it feels like the Yankees are going to lose, they're going to blow things. Like, it's just a thing that I was... I wasn't feeling that yesterday at all. So something was off. Something was off. So, okay, fine. They dropped the first game. You're thinking, all right, whatever. They have the second game. But they announced the starters yesterday morning before the game. 
So I see Jordan Montgomery in game one. I think, cool, okay, that's a good start to the second half. If you're not watching me on YouTube, I just did air quotes for that. Then I see Domingo Herman is listed as the starter for the second game. Why on earth would the Yankees put Domingo Herman in that situation? It's his first start of the season, been injured the whole time, and you have him start a game against Houston that you need to win. You needed to win that game last night. And then he puts you in a hole that you can't get out of. Wow, it's so shocking that the Yankees lost a game that Domingo Herman started against Houston. You couldn't save him for Baltimore? No one else could have pitched last night? You brought up J.P. Sears for the doubleheader. Why couldn't he start? Jordan Montgomery made it so you didn't have, you had most of the bullpen available because he pitched so long into the game. And then Albert Abreu did what he needed to do. And then Michael King, you know, yeah, he blew it at the end, but it wasn't like the Yankees used six pitchers in the first game. It wasn't like the Yankees were the Astros in the first game and used a number of pitchers. Did anyone else think to themselves as soon as they saw that Domingo Herman was the starter that the Yankees were punting that game? Because I did. And it was made worse by the fact that they lost the way they did in the first game. I don't care that they've lost, that they lost five out of seven to the Astros because they won four out of six against the Astros last year. No one talks about that. It's the way they're losing. <laughs> That's what's annoying. The way that they're losing, the way that they're reacting to losing. They're all ho-hum. I think Giancarlo Stanton said the quote was, you know, we'll worry about them or we won't worry about them until we have to worry about them. What? And I know the people who are watching this and listening to this are thinking, uh, Stace, weren't you talking about how it didn't matter if the Yankees beat the Astros? Well, now it kind of does because the Yankees have done so bad this month that the Dodgers and the Astros and the Mets are right behind them for best record. <laughs> There's no longer that big gap now. It's no longer like eight games. It's like four <laughs> or three at this point because the Dodgers came back and won that game last night after they blew it, right? So, like, it's still... I'm still more concerned about the Yankees beating the teams in the AL East. We'll get into that in segment three because they're facing an AL East team. But it would have been nice if they at least split the doubleheader yesterday and not look like bad. <laughs> not look just completely inept. In segment two, we're going to talk more about this and we'll go through the numbers from yesterday and everything like that, but... They're feeling more like the 2021 Yankees these last few weeks, and I don't like it, and you shouldn't either. And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't let them get away with this, really, because there's no excuse for it. It's ridiculous. They're regressing and not, <laughs> they're regressing and it's not in a good way. So we'll talk more about the doubleheader how the Yankees looked, 
We'll look at some quotes, some more quotes. But first, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond, the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help find you the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available starting July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. So let's go through some of the numbers from yesterday. I know we shouldn't even be regurgitating this stuff because it's just so frustrating. But let's talk about game two because that was the frustrating one. More frustrating than game one. And I know, they lost on a walk-off to some guy you've never heard of. That was annoying. But as I said, the moment that they announced that it was going to be Domingo Herman pitching, it was almost like they were punting the game. Why are you doing this? I know your lead is still relatively big in the AL East, but you can't be complacent. And they seem like they're complacent. This is not a good start (laughs) to the second half at all. It's really bad. No tipping your hats to the Astros. Oh, well, you know, it's the Astros. No. No. Enough of that nonsense. So, Herman, let's talk about it. (laughs) Three innings, five runs on six hits, one walk, two strikeouts, two home runs, of the back-to-back variety in the first inning. Just really annoying. J.P. Sears came in. He gave up two runs. He should have started anyway, though. Even though he gave up the two runs in those three innings. He should have started that game. They shouldn't have done that to Herman. Why wouldn't you save him for Baltimore? Not that Baltimore is a team that's going to roll over. Baltimore has been playing better than most AL East teams this past month. But why would you do that to Domingo Herman? Whose decision was it to do this? And then Aroldis Chapman looked good in his inning of work. Two strikeouts. So did Loisega. He needed that performance as well. And it was just so frustrating that the Yankees were able to cut it to within two in the top of the ninth, but of course there were two outs. (laughs) Is it nice to see Aaron Judge hitting 34 home runs? Yes. Would it have been nicer if that home run helped them win as opposed to just, you know, pulling them within two of a game that was out of reach? Yes. Just frustrating. Again, it is like 2021. The 2021 Yankees have possessed the 2022 Yankees and they're regressing into 2021. And that is frustrating to watch. Now for the numbers for game one, 
As I said, Jordan Montgomery, that poor guy, <laughs> that poor guy. The Yankees just do not score for him. Do not do anything for him. Six and one third innings, two runs on seven hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. His ERA is at a 3.24. Albert Abreu, one and two third innings, did what he needed to do. No runs, no hits, no walks, no strikeouts, no home runs, no nothing. He did fine. And then poor Michael King just had an off inning in the ninth. Nearly got out of it. Nearly got out of it. And then didn't. That was just a bummer. That was a bummer. Now, the bad thing about the Yankees in game one, one for eight with runners in scoring position. They left a small village on base. Eight. Bases loaded. All those early innings that they had Javier on the, ro- on the ropes and then didn't do anything. That killed them in game one. That's frustrating. That's frustrating. That's one of those games where you're just like, and not only that, watching game one was so frustrating because... You had those instances where, you know, Judge was too far off first, Carpenter hits the ball, it's a double play, it ends the inning, they had the bases loaded. Then it seemed as if every time the Yankees hit the ball hard, it was right at someone. Nearly every single time. So it wasn't as if they weren't making contact, they just had such bad luck in game one. Which made game two so much more frustrating because of how... Domingo Herman basically was like, I'm going to make this really difficult for you. <laughs> Didn't make it difficult for the Astros. He made it difficult for the Yankees to come back and do something. So, yeah, I, it's just, what are you going to do? The other frustrating thing is the Yankees got beaten by all the other guys on the Astros. Altuve was 0 for 4 in the second game. They got beaten by Alvarez, which isn't surprising at all. Bregman, in the first game, they were talking about how Bregman was kind of cold. And then the first game wakes him up. And then he does fine in the second game as well. So, you know, Alex Bregman can thank the Yankees for waking him up. His stagnant offense. Ridiculous. The Yankees actually had more hits than the Astros in the second game. The Yankees had eight. Astros had seven. That's frustrating. That's just really frustrating. And two more errors for the Yankees, you know, after we talk about how great the offense has been, talk about how good the pitching has been. Hopefully this is just a July thing because I've watched so much baseball in the last 40-something years of my life that even the good teams, there's a month out of the season that's just not good for them. Yeah, the 98 team, it was really September. That like they just hit, you know, well, okay. In fairness to the 98 team, they did clinch the division. Like, what was it? September 3rd. It was really early in the month and they were kind of on autopilot, but Joe Torre was pissed because they were not looking good in September. And he was like, you guys got to wake up. You can't just roll over here and then just think you're going to turn things on in the playoffs. It just sounded like Jim Mora playoffs. So, I'm hoping that this is just like a July, like dog days of summer kind of lull and that things pick up again in August. But things are not getting easier for the Yankees schedule wise. 
as we will discuss when we talk about the three games in Baltimore and then the games after that. But yeah, no, yesterday was not good at all. Not fun to watch. And um, yeah, the Yankees need to play with a little more urgency, just a little more. I know they still have a double-digit lead in the division, and they're kind of... I don't want to say they're complacent. But it feels like they're complacent. (laughs) I don't know. Aaron Boone said, It sucks anytime you lose. A tough day for us, and we have to get over it and take care of business. Yes. Yes, you do. But again, why start Domingo Herman? Stanton said just about every game could have gone either way. You have two great teams. One makes a mistake. The other capitalizes. Yeah, uh, your mistake was pitching Domingo Herman in game two. Aaron Judge, they're a good ball club over there. Great pitching staff and their offense as well. You can't give them extra outs or even make outs on the base path and help them out. Yes, that's right, Aaron Judge. I don't fault him for that play in game one where he was too far off the base. I mean, it was just, as I said, game one was just that kind of a game. Nothing was working out for the Yankees. And then when it finally did work out for the Yankees, right away in the bottom of the ninth, it didn't work out for the Yankees. You're just going to have days like that. It just sucks that it was against Houston, and it sucks that it was, you know, in a doubleheader. What are you going to do? Things happen. So in segment three, we're going to preview the series against Baltimore. As I said, Baltimore is doing really well lately. You know, they're not that far behind Boston in the AL East standings. And, uh, you know, the Yankees can't think, oh, it's just Baltimore. Nope, because they seem to have made that mistake against the Reds and lost two out of three to them. So we'll see what happens in Camden Yards. But first, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball and NFL Future. Where will Juan Soto land? Who will make the playoffs? Who will win the divisions? You can wager it all at BetOnline. Right now, the Mets are the favorite to land Soto, but there seems to be Eight teams that are in the running, and the Yankees are one of them. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so Yankees, after dropping two in Houston, fly to Baltimore to take on the Orioles. The Orioles are right at 500 at 46 and 46. Good for them. People were not expecting this. And, you know, as I said, Yankees can't really sleep on them. Now, Baltimore's lineup for tonight's game is already out. It'll be Jamison Tyone against Tyler Wells. Jamison Tyone is 10-2 with a 3.86 ERA and 82 strikeouts. Tyler Wells is 7-5 with a 3.38 ERA and 59 strikeouts. Tyone had been struggling. He did well in his last start against Boston on the 16th. He went six innings, only gave up a run on two hits with no walks, five strikeouts, got the win against Boston. His previous two starts, one against Boston, one against Pittsburgh, six runs, five runs. Didn't get the decision in the Boston game where he gave up six runs. 
and he lost the game in Pittsburgh when he made his homecoming. Now, his 82 strikeouts are in 100 and one-third innings of work. Tyler Wells, he has his 59 strikeouts in 85 and one-third innings of work. He picked up the loss against Tampa on July 15th. He pitched five and two-third innings, gave up three runs on six hits, two walks, six strikeouts. And let's see, his last win was on July 3rd against Minnesota. Pitched pretty well, six innings, one run on three hits with one walk, seven strikeouts. So that is tonight. Tonight's game is an Amazon Prime game. So if you don't have Amazon Prime, I think if you're not in the New York area, you can watch it on MLB TV, if I'm not mistaken, maybe. Um, Or maybe you can't. And the game is on Masson if you're in the Baltimore area, because I know there are some Baltimore Yankee fans out there. As I said, the lineup is out for the, for the Orioles. Yankees don't have a lineup out. So it's Mullins, Rushman. I almost said that wrong. That's the rookie. He has five home runs already. Wow. Good for him. Trey Mancini, Santander, Mountcastle, Hayes, Odor, Urias, and Mateo. Jorge Mateo. Yankee fans know him. So that's tonight's game. Tomorrow, 7.05 game, Garrett Cole against Jordan Lyles. Cole is 9-2 with a 3.02 ERA, 147 strikeouts. Good Lord, that's a lot of strikeouts. <laughs> Jordan Lyles, 6-8 with a 4.76 ERA, 91 strikeouts. Now Cole's... 147 strikeouts are in 113 and one-third innings of work. And Lyles has thrown 107 and two-third innings. So they're both pitching a lot. Now, as for the Baltimore hitters against Cole, who has a home run? Urias. In eight at-bats, he's batting 375. Now, this is a funny stat. Rugned Odor has faced Cole 23 times, and he's batting 087. Austin Hayes does well against Cole. It's only 10 at bats, but he's batting 400, has three runs batted him. As for the Yankees against Lyles, Josh Donaldson in 13 at bats. No home runs, but he's batting 538. And DJ LeMayhew in 19 at bats is batting 316. Anthony Rizzo has two home runs off Lyles, and Giancarlo Stanton has one. So does Joey Gallo. Oh, Judge has two. Okay. But he's only batting 182 in 11 at-bats with those two home runs and three runs batted in. I always find that fascinating when a guy doesn't do well against a pitcher but still has a number of home runs. I always find that funny. It's like, well, he doesn't hit him a lot, but when he does, he hits the crap out of it, which isn't surprising because it's Aaron Judge and it's the Orioles and... Aaron Judge kind of has a thing for hitting against the Orioles. Not like Glaber a few years back, but close enough. And then the finale on Sunday, a 135 start in Camden Yards, Nestor Cortez against Dean Kramer. Cortez, 7-3 with a 2.63 ERA, 99 strikeouts. That's cool. He's going to hit the 100 milestone in this game, more than likely. I'm assuming he's going to strike out at least one Oriole on Sunday. Kramer's 3-1 with a 2.59 ERA, 32 strikeouts. And that is in 41 and two-third innings of work. Cortez, 
has thrown 95 and two-third innings. So he's thrown a lot, but he keeps insisting that he can and that the Yankees shouldn't worry about him. So part of me has that feeling, well, yeah, of course you're going to say that. You're not going to say that you're tired. But then I also feel like you know your own body. So I, I feel like he's not lying to them. So the Yankees against Kramer haven't seen him a lot. DJ LeMayhew, though, has 14 at-bats against him and is batting 429. No home runs, but, you know, a lot of hits. Aaron Judge, in four at-bats, is batting 750 with two home runs and two runs batted in. The rest of the guys, very small sample sizes. As for the Orioles against Cortez, Austin Hayes has the biggest amount, largest amount, of at-bats, nine at-bats, one home run, one run batted in, batting 222. Oh, Anthony Santander also. Nine at-bats, but only batting 111, no home runs. And Odor has a home run in his only at-bat against Nestor Cortez. A grand slam? It's four runs batted in. Why don't I, why don't I remember that? Was it that bad of a thing that I don't remember that? I must have blacked blacked out. How come I don't remember that? That's so weird. I remember games from 2005, but I can't remember that. That's very strange. Okay. So the Yankees dropped two to Houston in Houston. Womp, womp. They're 64 and 30. That's not bad. Okay. It's really not. I would have liked for them to hit 65 wins before they hit 30 losses, but what are you going to do? Didn't happen. They're facing Baltimore for three, and then after that, schedule gets interesting for the Yankees. They face the Mets in City Field. They have an off day on Monday because after not having off days for most of June, they have every Monday off in July. Explain this to me, schedule maker. Then after the two games against the Mets, they have four against the Royals at home. Those should be gimme games. No offense to the Royals, but they should be. And we'll see how that happens. And then they have three against the Red Hot Mariners, who seem to not lose ever. So, yeah, then they go to St. Louis to play the Cardinals for three. They play the Mariners for three in Seattle. Then they go to Boston for three. And then this stretch from August 15th to August 23rd, it's a homestand, which helps the Yankees because they do well at home. But... Three against the Rays, four against the Jays, and two against the Mets. Remember how I said that stretch in the second half of June was going to be a test for the Yankees? There's another one. August is going to be a test for the Yankees. If you thought July was bad for them just by the way they're playing, we'll see what this team is made of in August. Could be fun. Could be a nightmare. We'll find out. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. 
You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, like and comment on YouTube as well as click the bell notification so you know when our videos go up. And if you're looking for something else to listen to after you listen to Locked On Yankees, why not listen to Locked On MLB Prospects? Make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you all on Monday.